Have you had enough of the big name web hosting services that are long on promises, but short on bleeding edge features, uptime and customer service? Or are you just looking for a performance boost for your business's online presence? The answer is Agorist Hosting. Agorist Hosting is the agile web host that offers full concierge service from website redesign, full e-commerce solutions, even custom apps for your Shopify store and more all with security, reliability, redundancy, and privacy at the forefront. Oh, and those bleeding edge features? How about hosting your data in a decentralized system like IPFS, the interplanetary file system? Good luck getting that from those other guys. Agoras Hosting is ready to take your web presence into the future. Head over to agoristhosting.com to get started. That's A-G-O-R-I-S-T hosting.com agoristhosting.com The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech Podcast Feed. The Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, Dr. Brian Sovereign here for another Sovereign Shorts. And we just can't seem to stop talking about Apple. You know, <laughs> actually got some uh, some awesome responses, uh, you know, and, and some great pushback on the uh, piece that I didn't most or that I read from Sneak in the or Jeffrey Paul in the most recent Sovereign Shorts, uh, probably going to be covering that uh, maybe in Patreon content. So if you're not uh, on board with Patreon yet, and of course there's already some conversation around it in the Sovereign Tech Discord, you're going to want to join that, patreon.com slash Sovereign Tech. Of course, link is in the show notes for basically every episode out there now, or that we put out there through the Sovereign Technica feed. Now, what we're going to talk about here is something, uh, uh, I guess, arguably very different than, um, you know, than Mac OS, which was the major conversation, um, last week, of course, interesting to get that information out among, uh, the, or the, at the onset of the launch of the new M2, uh, MacBook pros. Um, again, we're not here to talk about that. We're going to talk about what is considered perhaps the next leap in the Apple ecosystem. And that being not MacBook pro, but the reality pro. Now, what is the reality pro? The reality pro is something that has been hinted at for some time, uh, claims that it's been in the works for years. In fact, actually, as I understand it, it's been in the works for seven years. Uh, we are talking about Apple's foray into the mixed reality realm, uh, into the metaverse or into AR and VR, uh, pick your fucking term. So let's get some, some, uh, 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 let's get some, some, some foundation laid here. Okay. What we have is a report from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, who has, uh, an excellent source somewhere at Apple has a great reputation for his quote unquote leaks, which might be controlled. Uh, but his leaks, uh, are usually pretty accurate in what comes down. And, uh, the claim is that this is going to be dropping, you know, this new, uh, headset will, it's a $3,000 headset will be dropping in, uh, spring of this year, 2023. Um, though you never know, there could be delays here and there, regardless, Mark Gurman's, you know, uh, track record is pretty damn good. Um, but I want to lay some foundation before we get into all the details. We're going to read the piece from nine to five Mac. Okay. Um, here we go. So first things first, uh, I am, and I want people to understand this. Okay. And we've talked about this more also in, uh, like on Wednesday Q and A's, um, you know, Patreon content and other places. And of course I've talked about it over the years. I am, or was, you know, like a, an Apple fanboy for a huge chunk of my life. Okay. I'm 41 now. I mean, for a very long time, I was into Mac or, you know, into Macs. Uh, I never really got on board with the iPhone, but like iPods fucking love those things. Um, to date outside of the Commodore 64, 
my favorite computer of all time. I know people have heard me say this a million times if you're a long time listener, but I just want to be clear. My favorite computer of all time was the G4 cube. I fucking love the Mac G4 cube. That, that thing was just the future more so even than the Mac mini, right? Uh, even though we have a new Mac mini out there now too, which is, you know, certainly a very interesting computer. Um, I think the power PC infrastructure was brilliant. It's what got me into Fedora because Fedora was the only Linux distro that could work on a power PC infrastructure, uh, or architecture, I should say. Um, I mean, I like, and the original iMac, I mean, that machine was just so game changing for me, not just because it played Nanosaur either. Such a fan. Uh, OS 10 was brilliant to get essentially the beauty, quote unquote beauty, even though maybe you would argue Windows at that time wasn't beautiful, but compared to a lot of what else was out there, it was pretty beautiful. Uh, compared to the, you know, it basically, it brought the beauty times 10, <laughs> no pun there, uh, times 10, along with most of this, like, or at least a lot of software compatibility that Windows had, you know, so, so you, but it's not Windows, right? But also it brought the power user infrastructure that, uh, you know, that comes along with Unix, like OS 10 was a brilliant move. I still like OS eight. Like, I mean, I just, I just remember my mind being blown at just the look of, you know, of OS eight, but OS 10, you know, phenomenal what it did now over time that would change. Okay. And, you know, Apple would make, while we can applaud Apple for some of its really forward thinking, uh, port removals. Okay. <laughs> and no, I don't mean the headphone jack, uh, because again, have they removed that on all their devices? No, that's because they're full of shit. Um, <laughs> courage. Yeah. Right. But it was courage and a brilliant move to, you know, eliminate serial ports and so much else and go USB, even USB 1.0 at the time, you know, essentially to go USB 1.0 only, uh, back in the day, that was, that was a brilliant move getting rid of the optical drive. Okay. I don't think that was so brilliant a move, but whatever. Um, you know, my iBook was, was, was hooked up, so it didn't really matter. Okay. I'm laying out this foundation. I just want it to be understood that I have my history with Apple and most of it was not as a hater. Most of it. And, and even now I wouldn't necessarily call me a hater of Apple. I just want to be abundantly clear here. Okay. I don't, I'm not gunning for Apple. I don't have some kind of like grudge against Apple itself. I have grudge against, or I have grudges against a lot of Apple people because I feel like they're very superficial, not just in what they want their computers to do, but also in that, like they literally judge people based upon if they're a, you know, a green bubble or a blue bubble. So I don't really have a problem with Apple itself. I think Apple makes tremendous technological leaps, uh, has for decades and even, you know, the, the M one and M two, I mean, this is, you know, a, a brilliant, brilliant chip and uh, architecture. I mean, just, just amazing. Okay. So got all that out of the way, understood where I'm coming from. Um, again, my problems usually with like, you know, the people, because <laughs> they're about as fake as, uh, as the design of, of Apple's products. Um, you know, it, it, and that's not all, that's not all again, I plenty of Apple users who are my, some of my best friends and I just, I love them to death and they know who they are. Um, anyway, so I want to be clear on that. Okay. Now the other foundation that I want to lay is just as key before we get into this conversation. And that foundation is my history with virtual reality technology. Okay. I have been a supporter. Go back to just a few years on sovereign tech episodes and you will hear the, just the palpable excitement that I have for VR so much to the point that as much as I hated Facebook and now that's a company I hate as much as I hate Facebook, I went ahead and partly because John Carmack was still involved. I went ahead and I got an Oculus go years ago. Um, and you know, at the time that was, that was a pretty hardcore headset. I mean, no, it's, it's not, um, you know, it's not the HTC five, right? It's not an Oculus rift. It's not any of these things, 
but it's pretty serious or it was pretty serious at the time. And it was a real attempt at getting your everyday uh, consumer, getting the mainstream user into VR. Um, and you can even find my review of the Oculus go and it was glowing. It was a glowing review. Okay. Now the direction that mixed reality attempts have been going in as late. And a lot of this horseshit around metaverse and web three is just that it's horseshit. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, I want you to understand that for a very long time, I was very much supportive of efforts happening in VR, you know, especially around 2017 and, you know, and going or well, even before then and, and after, okay. Uh, augmented reality. I'm not so hot about, I have issues with that. Some of which I've talked about, I've yet to do kind of a major deep dive on this concept of metaverse and the problems overall around it. Maybe now would be a good time, but no, I want to stick to talking about the product that is coming, what is coming because when Apple releases something, it is different than when any other company releases something, perhaps it shouldn't be, but that's just how, you know, the world sees it for whatever, uh, you know, reason. Now, again, part of my excitement with virtual reality, um, in, in recent years, you know, and kind of the big pushes were starting to happen. I want to say in like 2014, 2015 with Samsung's gear VR, of course, Google cardboard, which I still think was just fucking genius. Um, you know, and, and Oculus, you know, efforts with Oculus, uh, but Oculus particularly, uh, that being, you know, headed at the time by John Carmack, who's no longer involved, um, and has completely stepped away as of the end of 2022. Now let's be clear. I was excited because I think Carmack is one of the good guys. Okay. One of the original developers of doom among other things. I mean, just a brilliant fucking programmer, uh, and a brilliant guy overall, um, who's, who's done some just wild things. And who, again, I think he has, uh, shall we say the best human interests at heart. And I think it's actually proven it was proven before, but now even more so in 2022, uh, considering that he has completely stepped away from Oculus and meta because he doesn't agree with the direction that it's going. He doesn't think, and, and it's interesting when you read his statements about, uh, you know, mixed reality efforts or AR VR efforts, because he only talks about VR. Like he doesn't give a shit about AR, just like myself. Um, he doesn't think that that's where things, you know, are the big deal. Um, he was far more about VR, but he doesn't agree with the experiences that are being created for VR. I would be intrigued if Apple somehow tried to bring him on, I think that would be, boy, if you wanted to get people to take your product seriously, um, I think Carmack is like the major innovative name in virtual reality. He's the guy that you, you know, he's the name you'd want attached to this. If you were going to announce some kind of software for your new product, you want it to be something being secretly developed by John Carmack. Okay. And then you're going to get attention, including from myself. Um, but now, I mean, just quickly to say the things that excited me about VR, um, one of them or part of it had to do with entertainment, not so much video games, even though, you know, there's certainly a place for that. Uh, but there's a movement problem. Okay. <laughs> with, with, with VR video games and AR video games, different story, because you can still see and look around with your own eyes, but you know, you run into an issue and, and I know like HTC tried to solve this. Oculus has tried to solve this essentially, you know, like to, to really have a sandbox world that you can play within, within virtual reality, you've got to be, and they were developing these in the nineties where it's like this harness that you sit in that allows you to move in an omnidirectional way. And it's very janky, uh, Frankly, I think it's a great way to get hurt or killed, meaning that like you won't even see the person coming behind you and bam, you know, well, anyway, maybe I watched too many, uh, uh, sci-fi movies in the nineties where that happened to people where they got killed while they were using their VR headset, but that's <laughs> eliminator. Anybody, <laughs> anyone, John Delance, who's in it, come on. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, these things are ridiculous and prohibitively, and they would be prohibitively expensive as well as, um, you know, you, you kind of, and I know this was becoming a thing in recent years where people have VR rooms, like rooms specifically set up for this kind of thing. Um, I don't know, you know, 
I just, I don't see all of that to be necessarily viable. Certainly not for me, but I'm also weird in that I don't even like having, um, plugs in my ears, right? Like I wear on ear headphones or on ear earbuds, not in ear earbuds, which by the way, just to verify, you know, how much I love Apple and want to give them credit. I mean, again, they're, they're ear pods as in the ones, not that jam into your ear, the ones that by wire that they've been releasing since like the seventh generation iPod, um, you know, and, and with every phone since, um, are, are, I think are, are the best headphones out there just bar none as far as like, you know, that, that are easy to get your hands on. I mean, no, they're not like my, you know, project rock twos or anything like, but that's a whole other class. You know, that that's a, you know, $200 plus class of headphones, different story. But I mean, these are my working headphones that I'm using all the time. Um, and I've even gotten some, you know, fairly, uh, comparatively expensive, um, on ear, you know, like Bluetooth headphones and Bluetooth's great. Cause it can tell a great lie, right? Like, it, you know, you can, it can tweak, uh, um, uh, you know, like EQ settings and everything. And, uh, still nothing beats these, these classic Apple ear pods. Um, I keep a couple spares at all times, just in case Apple ever stops producing them. But man, when they want to do a great product, they can do a great product. And these headphones are just that, um, anyway, don't, didn't mean to get lost, um, on that, but, uh, in fact, I I've used <laughs> these very ear pods with the Oculus go, by the way, you know, for my virtual reality experiences. And I can tell you, they did the job. We'll talk about that. But what excited me, okay. Initially about VR was not so much the gaming. It was more about, um, I mean, sure. Like doing something like Google earth where you're experiencing 3d spaces is very interesting. Um, doing like, like little hangout style stuff inside of like a virtual apartment could be really interesting. Um, the number one thing, but then there's another one I want to get into that I think is really important. That'll probably never happen because it'll actually heal people. Uh, but the number one thing is watching movies. That's the, that's the singular, like that was the biggest thing that I wanted that I actually wanted an Oculus go for. Um, and I played the video games on Oculus go and none of them were really that compelling. Um, but watching movies on that was fucking great. Like, you know, imagining that, that there's this gigantic IMAX, you know, the tech, not, not by resolution, but technically, you know, IMAX size screen in front of you was dynamite. And if you could connect with people wirelessly and all of you kind of interact with your avatars and you all hang out and watch a movie together, that's really cool. That's awesome. In fact, we'll talk about what Apple feels about that with their reality pro here in a second. Okay. But that, that, that's a great reason alone for VR headsets to exist. And, uh, I applaud them still existing for that purpose, but that's not the direction that metaverse and a lot of other things, you know, that have to do with mixed reality are really looking at. Okay. So the other thing that I get excited about is the idea that you could create a, um, you could recreate say like your home, your childhood home, and you could go through very therapeutic sessions where you could create, you know, effectively avatars of your mom and dad. And I, I think that could be a powerful thing in, you know, for, for therapy, um, that is probably never going to get explored again. It's just too powerful a concept. And I really, I do think it would work. Um, but anyway, I've talked about that many times. Um, so again, none of, none of this is going in that direction. Why? Because seemingly, you know, well, not seemingly, we know this is how the system works. All anybody really cares about is making money, um, off of, you know, like, like off of, and this is why the metaverse has become such a thing because it's all attached to varying cryptocurrencies and whatever, and NFTs and whatever else, everything is just about making money, not about having fun. So, you know, that's a problem. But anyway, I lay down this foundation just to say, I am not, uh, or I just want to clear the air that no, I am supportive of Apple and I want them to do the right things. Okay. And I know that they can because they have in the past. Also, I am in the abstract supportive, at least of virtual reality, not augmented reality, but virtual reality. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I don't think the industry is going to go in that direction. That's pretty clear. And in fact, 
The biggest driver in the industry, that being John Carmack, has made that claim for me. So if you don't believe me, fucking believe him. And he has stepped away from the industry because it's just not going in the direction that is best for the consumer. So, you know, do I think Apple is going to change all of this? Probably not. But let's talk about what they're doing anyway with the Reality Pro. So I want to read this piece from 9 to 5 Mac. Link is in the show notes if you want to go back to it and read it yourself by Chance Miller from January 23rd, 2023. So this is the day that this is coming out is the day that this report came out. Uh, again, following up from a piece from Bloomberg by Mark Gurman. Here we go. Apple's first AR VR headset could be unveiled sometime this spring and rumors continue to offer more information about what Apple has in the works. A wide ranging new report from Bloomberg now offers a slew of details on Apple's reality pro headset, including that the quote, eye and hand tracking capabilities will be a major selling point end quote for the product. All right. So I'm going to stop right there for a second. So this eye and hand pro tracking again, that's eye and hand pro and, and, and hand tracking. Um, that is not foot tracking, right? That is not leg tracking. Now, maybe they think because it's also an AR headset as well as VR that they don't need to worry about like overall movement tracking. But I think that that's a fail right from the get go. Doesn't matter. Let's keep rocking. Um, it's because you can't really get lost in a virtual world. That's why I'm saying that. Uh, but let, let, let's keep going. So here we go. Bloomberg details that Apple's technology development group, a team of more than 1,000 people, has spent the past seven years working on the first version of the AR VR headset. The Reality Pro headset is slated to cost roughly $3,000 when it debuts, which is, quote, roughly twice the price of rival devices, end quote, from companies like Meta. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. Look, it doesn't matter what this thing can do at $3,000. It's practically a non-starter. Um, I know that that Apple sweaties will just come out and say, okay, but this is just to get developers on board with it and start developing shit. And then, you know, the lesser priced versions will come down the line. Um, maybe, maybe, but there's two problems inherent in that way of thinking. One is this device really should have been given to developers. Like, like if, if you're, if you're test marketing with developers, that means you actually don't have, uh, any real, you know, you don't have apps like you, you don't have anything for this thing to do. That's why you're, you're courting developers right now. Um, and that's a problem because you, you're really putting out there as the old cliche goes, you're putting out a solution in search of a problem, right? Like we, we, we don't we don't know, uh, what this is actually meant to do. And clearly it doesn't seem Apple does either because if they already had a phenomenal suite of apps and, uh, um, uh, you know, like, like, uh, uh, what's the use cases for this? That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, you know, a bunch of use cases for this, they wouldn't waste time making it only available for developers. They would have gone through the process to figure out how can we get this thing down to sub $2,000 at least, get it in like the, you know, the rift range of pricing. Um, and, and they would have had the confidence of going forward with it, but that's not what they're doing. This is, this is effectively a societal beta test. Uh, and that's concerning because, you know, and I talked about this on Patreon Wednesday Q and A's I know recently, but I talked about it on, on larger sovereign tech episodes as well, that, Look, none of these companies are the same companies anymore. Like the Apple of today is not the Apple of Steve Jobs. Not even close. Not even close. Steve Jobs would not have put this out to market unless he had a reason to use it. And that reason would have been front and center of the spotlight and it would have made it, you know, the biggest goddamn thing, you know, like out there, just like with the iPhone, you know, like what made the iPhone the iPhone? Honestly, it was music, which Apple was dominating in with iTunes. And it was maps, right? Which, okay, granted, you know, they didn't have like map software specifically, but Steve Jobs, like more or less had the idea. I mean, it's kind of a last minute thing, but they knew what they wanted to do. He was just so intuitive on what makes something useful and on design um, that that made the iPhone, you know, instantly a popular product. The iPad, the iPad was a dream computer forever anyway, Um you know, and I use one as well. I mean, it, it, it does the job. A dream computer as in it follows the Dynabook concept, the original Dynabook uh, concept by Alan Kay. Uh, 
you know, and so that's something that people have known would be useful since the seventies, right? Or you even see it in science fiction. Uh, in fact, I was watching an episode of the original series of Star Trek, one of my personal favorites, that being from season three, the way to Eden. And in that you see Spock in his quarters and he's basically got an Apple pencil and an iPad in front of him when he's in his quarters, you know, and doing the business. And I, I mean, so like these things are very intuitive. This at $3,000 and requiring, uh, you know, to market to developers first instantly says not intuitive, right? <laughs> like, like there's so many problems here and it's actually going to get worse as we talk about it, but save my conclusions for the end. That's why we call them conclusions. Okay. So $3,000 price thing, that's a fail. Uh, but let's keep going. According to the report, the quote, eye and hand tracking capabilities will be a major selling point end quote for the reality pro headset using external cameras. The headset will be able to analyze the user's hands while internal sensors will be used to read the user's eyes. The report explains quote, the headset will have several external cameras that can analyze the user's hands as well as sensors within the gadgets housing to read eyes that allows the wearer to control the device by looking at an on-screen item, whether it's a button app icon or list entry to select it. Users will then pinch their thumb and index finger together to activate the task without the need to hold anything. The approach differs from other headsets, which typically rely on a hand controller. Okay. End quote. So let's talk about that. Um, none of this technology is innovative by Apple whatsoever. Um, Samsung and Google, uh, Samsung particularly has already had the eye tracking stuff. They built that into uh gal like that was a feature designed for galaxy phones 10 years ago. Nothing revolutionary here. Okay. We got that. All right. I mean, it's just, I like, I think that that narrative's done about Apple being a revolutionary company, like, or that they, you know, every new product is some kind of major innovation. I shouldn't say revolution. I should say innovative. Uh, I think that that's, that narrative's kind of done because, and, and ultimately as we go down this and as I talk about it, you'll see how not innovative this really is. Um, the only thing it's going to have going for it is it's Apple magic, but even that I debate. Okay. So the eye tracking, that's not a big deal. Samsung's done that forever. Uh, Samsung has also actually, they'll talk about this later on where Apple is developing. It's not ready yet. It sounds like, but Apple is developing where you can type in mid air and the headset should know what you're typing. Like you're on a, on a virtual keyboard in mid air. Uh, Samsung has also pioneered this technology, uh, well ahead of Apple doing so. Um, again, Samsung's practically ready to go to market with it. You know, it doesn't sound like Apple is at that point yet, at least according to the Bloomberg report. Um, Google was, it was it a uh, project is it was, it's not silo, but it, it's, I, I can't think of the name of it, but the idea of using hand gestures in midair to create an effect, an augmented reality effect, like turning a knob and things like this, Google is maybe it was sallow. Uh, no, that, that's a, that's a snuff film. Uh, no. <laughs> Don't watch that. Uh, but anyway, um, something like that, but Google already did this. Another thing where yes. And that was also 10 years ago. Uh, and let's be clear here. And I'm, I'm being literal when I say 10 years ago or more, uh, again, Apple has only been working on this for seven years. So Apple, once again, not innovating here whatsoever. Um, you know, are they putting things together in a neat package that hasn't been done before? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we can make that claim, but none of these technologies were developed by Apple proper. These were all ideas from other companies. Okay. Let's read on more details on the hardware of the headset include that there will be a digital crown similar to the Apple watch for switching between AR and VR. The VR mode will fully immerse the wearer, but when AR mode is enabled, the quote content, uh, fades back and becomes surrounded by the user's real environment, end quote. This is reportedly one of the features Apple hopes will be a, quote, highlight of the product, end quote. Uh, yes, you're hoping. So again, okay, that's clever, right? In that it's a hybrid, and this does make it a little unique. Uh, it's a hybrid in that it is both AR and VR. In fact, as we read on, it'll say like you can even see the person's eyes through the headset. Um, you know, we used to, I mean, and I'm not saying this is right, but people used to make fun of people for wearing glasses. Even when I was a kid, four eyes, all that shit all the time. Uh, I can only imagine what this is going to be like when you're wearing one of these and looking through it. Um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, again, I don't see, like, I don't think AR is a valid market. Uh, I think the market's already kind of borne that out. 
um, you know, the AR that does work, say like Pokemon Go and things along those lines, uh, do not require a whole headset. And in fact, I'm a little worried. I, I mean, this is going to be a very weird situation seeing people walking around with these headsets, um, you know, playing Pokemon Go or something. Like you have to have the sense of exploration for AR to make sense. Okay. And I don't see this here, especially in its design, which is what we're going to talk about next. So let's talk about the design, uh, to address the overheating concerns, the re which is something that's Stanley breaking in. That's something that's been plaguing, uh, VR headsets forever. Um, to address the overheating concerns, the reality pro headset will use an external battery that quote rests in a user's pocket and connects over a cable end quote. There will also be a cooling fan to further reduce the likelihood of the headset overheating. Um, okay. All right. Let me read the next thing. And then we'll talk about this quote. The headset can last about two hours per battery pack End quote Bloomberg reports. The battery pack is quote, roughly the size of two iPhone 14 pro maxes. So that's the biggest phone that Apple has, uh, Stanley breaking in reading on stacked on top of each other or about six inches tall and more than half an inch thick. So you could say that's not really so end quote. And, and let, let, let's break that down. So you could say that that's not that huge. Okay. But, but here, here, here's, here's the issue in for, for VR. I don't know that that's so much of a problem. Uh, in fact, for watching movies like this is a place where one of Apple's innovations, that being the MagSafe, uh, you know, power connector, uh, could actually be a really great thing where you could be sitting down and have this plugged in via MagSafe and you don't have to worry about like tripping over cords and all that stuff because the MagSafe connector will just pull. Uh, that, that could be a win for Apple. And I hope that they highlight that from a safety perspective, particularly when it comes to, to AR, but this is clearly the idea of putting a battery in your pocket is more so, or when talking about VR, what I was saying there before, but now for AR, that's clearly what this putting the battery in your pocket is all about. Um, you've got to put a, a, a big honking battery in your pocket, have a cable running up your back. And it's only going to go two hours. First off, if you got to put a, you know, like this is a missed opportunity though. Maybe they'll take it. This is a missed opportunity for Apple to release a, uh, a $500 fanny pack, you know, kind of like how they had the 30 or was it $30? How much was it? Wasn't it like a hundred, 30 to a hundred dollars is some stupid price for that, uh, for, for the cloth that, that wipes your laptop screen because, you know, you put an Apple logo on it and, yeah, just, just mark up the price by a thousand percent and people buy it, you know, but, but people who don't use Apple are the dummies, right? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> sure. When I can get one for free with an $8 pair of glasses. All right. I'll spend $30 or to whatever amount on your fucking cleaning cloth, Apple. Uh, anyway, so, um, th th this is failure. Like the idea that it's an external battery pack, I get the logic behind why they're doing it, but why not? Yeah. Why not sell a crazy Apple fanny pack? Okay. And you know, make it a much a battery twice, even that size, get four hours out of it and then have those AR experiences on the go. Again, AR is all about exploration. If you don't do that, like if, if the AR is more about having some kind of hybrid work situation while you're working from home, then you can just plug the fucker in and you don't need the battery pack at all. Uh, th this, this doesn't, this, this doesn't bode well. The battery life isn't enough for what AR is good for. And the, <laughs> the, the battery pack in your pocket, which I don't know why they think that that's acceptable. You know, if, if smartphones have to constantly get thinner and lighter and who gives a shit about battery life when they could just keep them at the same thickness that they were before and have an insane battery life on it. Like why they think they can, that this is a good idea. I don't understand that. That's a contradiction in design logic on Silicon Valley's part, particularly Apple. Um, but yeah, I like, I understand the heating thing. But I don't think people are going to want to walk around with like a cable running down their leg, you know, or down their side. Doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I'm, I'm baffled by this choice. This is the one part where I hope like Mark Gurman's wrong because this isn't going to fly. Um, 
with developers, yeah, developers aren't going to care, but you got to sell it to people too at some point. And maybe eventually now we, the, when we get down in this, it's going to mention that there's ones where the battery is in the headset itself. Um, hmm, but I wonder about this anyway, th this is not, not a good move. Okay. The battery life's not enough, especially if, as you'll see further down, they're also intrigued by the idea of watching videos on it. Look, if you're going to watch a full on movie in a movie theater, most movies today, and I'm not even saying this is always a good thing. I think a lot of times it is, but not always. Most movies today are two hours plus three hours plus for fuck's sake. If you want to watch the latest avatar and you should, because it's a goddamn great movie. Um, you're not going to be able to get through a movie on, you know, on, on one charge. Anyway, uh, let's, let's, let's read the, let's go to the other tidbits from the report. Here we go. These are just bullet pointed out. Uh, bullet point one, the AR VR headset will be available to serve as an external display for Mac quote. Users will be able to see their Macs display in virtual reality, but still control the computer with their trackpad or mouse and physical keyboard End quote. All right. That that's a cool trick. Like I, I, I can dig that, you know, and you could, I mean, where that could be really cool is if you had it all connected to a Mac mini and it, you know, it was your full on screen. Um, like, I, I think that's a very cool idea. I don't really have a problem with this. Uh, you know, we'll see what it looks like in implementation, but overall, I'm just going to say that's, that's not a horrible idea. Uh, I have a hard time believing that Apple would not optimize Mac OS to somehow take advantage of virtual reality. In fact, there's a lot of design choices within Mac OS itself where virtual reality, uh, or a 3d option would really be interesting. It would really work already. Like when your folders all flip up from the bottom. Right. But anyway, so how about this? Let's see, uh, this next bullet point, Apple, including, uh, Safari photos, mail messages, the app store, Apple TV, and more will be available on the headset. Well, that makes sense. And that's a fine suite of apps to have like Apple's apps in this regard are top notch, you know, some of the best in class, frankly, uh, I think Safari is a phenomenal browser. Um, so, you know, that, that makes sense to have all that built in. It'd be weird if it wasn't, uh, as far as other apps that would be able to take advantage of this, I think that's kind of up in the air. And I wonder if Apple's going to set up some kind of premium for you to be able to also use them. And I'm talking about paid apps to also use them um, on reality pro, uh, you know, the headset, but we'll see anyway, that, that makes sense. And, you know, again, I've been in this space for a while with VR very early on and like Firefox did a VR version of their mobile browser and it was brilliant. It worked really, really well. So you can do this, it can work and it can be interesting. And I, and I am curious to see what Apple does with that. Next bullet, bullet point text input can be done via Siri or via a nearby iPhone, Mac, or iPad. Uh, and then there's a sub uh, bullet point. Apple is also developing technology that will let users type in midair with their hands. Again, that's not innovative on Apple's part, you know, the midair uh, typing. Being able to use an iPhone, Mac, or iPad, uh, that's interesting. Apple Pencil, I think we'll be able to expect that there will be an Apple Pencil 3 here at some point that will take advantage of the Reality Pro headset. And certainly that lends itself to some very interesting ideas where you're like drawing in midair. Uh, I, I think that's, again, that could get very interesting. Um, as far as, you know, this makes a great case for having something that can recognize voice patterns and, you know, speech commands. Um, and that only makes sense. And I guess maybe Siri will get a lot more use now. Uh, but anyway, Nothing. I don't really see anything wrong here. No real failings here. And we'll, we'll just see how that goes. Uh, next bullet point. Apple has developed its own underlying engine to power VR games. Not a surprise. Uh, and certainly like Apple's uh, engines and coding languages, you know, like Swift and whatever are, you know, really simple in comparison to many other languages. And just, uh, you know, I've seen the development process and I can compare it to what I've had to go through as far as coding. And I know, you know, Apple delivers top notch on that. Uh, so, okay, great. But like, they really should have been developing games for this from the get go. They should have been coming up with the use cases, uh, for the, for the device. Maybe they end up, maybe they still will, but none of that is in this report. And that should have been like the number one thing to get out there to get people hyped up about this. 
Anyway, next bullet point, some internal Reality Pro prototypes have a built-in battery with USB-C charging. Well, they're getting ahead of European legislation, it seems, with the USB-C charging, but uh, yeah, that, that's really the direction that that has to go. It really is. Like, having an external battery just is not going to fly for most people, and there's just going to be lawsuits just waiting to happen from people, like, fucking up their cord or, you know, getting into some kind of accident or some kind of accident happening. But anyway, again, unless they're going to rock MagSafe. Um, next bullet point, the first version of the reality pro headset will be made from aluminum glass and cushions. Okay. That's no surprise. Next point. Uh, the product will have a curved screen on the front that can outwardly show a wearer's eyes with speakers on the sides and a headband that helps fit the device around a user's head. Again, I think this is going to be rife with uh, uh, comedy around it, but or not just comedy, but, and again, I, I don't like people picking on other people, but it's going to happen. Uh, moving on, let's see. Apple expects, immer quote, immersive video watching will be a core feature, end quote, of Reality Pro with potential partners including Disney, Dolby, and more. And then there's a, a sub uh, bullet point. There will be a dedicated video watching feature that can make viewers feel like they're seeing a movie on a giant screen in another environment, such as a desert or outer space. Okay, this part here, let, let, let me talk about this for a second. This has been a feature, including the other environments and everything, has been a feature of VR headsets for the past seven years. There's nothing innovative here. There's nothing new. Apple is totally right that it's a core feature. It's the one thing that I think justifies, you know, a device like this, uh, its existence. But there's nothing innovative here. I don't care how they dress it up. They can put the Apple magic on it or whatever. It worked great on the Oculus Go. You don't need a $3,000 device to do it. A $200 device did just fine. So this is strange. Um, I mean, yes, it has to be there. Yes, they should pay a lot of attention to it. And hey, it's great that they already have a video platform like Apple TV. And they could make their own content and shows that take advantage of the reality pro. Absolutely. That's going to, that could be a win for them. Core feature. You got it. Not innovative whatsoever. And not something that justifies the price tag of this device or its technicals whatsoever. Next, uh, last bullet point here. FaceTime on the headset will quote, realistically render a user's face and full body in virtual reality End quote. That will be very interesting to see what that's going to look like. And are we going to be doing full body scans here? Is, uh, is Quark running around with his scanner trying to get major Kira for a hollow suite program? Is that how this is going to work? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm curious about that one. You know what they're going to do with, with FaceTime as far as that goes. Uh, I have a very hard time. I mean, if anybody could do it, it'd be Apple, but I have a hard time believing about this, like rendering, uh, how they're going to pull that off because like, as we've known, legs are incredibly difficult to do. I mean, if it's just like photorealistic and like full video in real time, okay. Is there going to be a special camera that has to get sold with that? Like th this is all odd how that's going to get implemented and I'm interested to see it, but I I do not have high hopes for this feature. And I feel like if this is a feature, it's a feature that'll get, keep getting pushed off and probably never released at least n not within the first two or three or four iterations. If we even get to a second iteration, uh, just look at the failure of HoloLens for Microsoft. Even when you have a, a military contract, it still fails. Um, you know, like, I don't know that this is, this is going to happen. And Apple's notorious for this now where like features get pushed off seemingly indefinitely. Um, okay. So let, let me give some quick overall thoughts, uh, on this again. This is a, this is a device that ultimately does not need to exist. Even if some of the concepts, some of the ideas, some of the use cases are, uh, good ideas and should be available to the public, you know, to the consuming public. Um, I think honestly that Google and Samsung, and I'm not saying this is fanboys of them because I'm not, uh, they already had this figured out. You just take the smartphone and put that fucker in front of your face. Like with gear VR, where it was a headset where you slapped in the smartphone, which already had phenomenal battery life. Um, 
or Google Cardboard I, to this day is so brilliant because the inf- I mean, like the cost of the device is all is nil. Hell, New York Times is giving them away for free. You just had to fold it and slap your phone in. That was genius. Uh, a separate three thousand dollar device makes no sense. It only makes sense to Apple because this is how Apple, you know, outside of the Apple tax and the app store, this is how Apple makes its money is by selling overpriced hardware. Yes, it is overpriced. Um, okay. No, it's not overpriced. <laughs> let me, let me, let me correct that. It's not, it's not overpriced. Um, but in comparison, it's overpriced. Uh, I still don't think they're necessarily pay, paying a fair wage for, you know, seven-year-olds to be diving into caves to get their battery technology and everything. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> by, by comparison, because again, Asus can come out with something of similar, you know, a laptop of similar, similar quality, okay? Just like other companies could come out with um, smartphones of perhaps even better quality and still not charge as much as Apple does. And it's not like Apple charges more because they're trying to, uh, you know, have fairer uh, collection practices or harvesting practices of what makes up their devices, right? That's not the case at all, okay? They just don't care. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that, and look, that's true for, for, I'm not just ripping on Apple for that. That's true of every tech company. Uh, you know, there's no like ethical, uh, a building of, of the electronic devices that we use. It's just, that's just not a thing. So, okay. Um, ultimately, yeah, this is, again, this is how Apple makes their money is by selling overpriced shiny things. And that's why they're doing it this way. There is no requirement for them to do it this way. You already, I mean, every Apple device already has a fucking retina display or better anyway. So you're already there, Jack, like, like the screen's already that damn good. Just put it in front of people's, have a holder that puts it in front of people's faces. Okay. Uh, is Apple going to create a new market category or is it going to finally bring metaverse slash AR slash VR, you know, to the mainstream with this? I am not confident of that. I think that this really Apple can fail. And I'm like, I actually, I don't want them to do this because I don't want them to fail. You understand? I want them to concentrate on what they do best. I want them to keep making great MacBooks. I want them to keep making, you know, iPads and, you know, or whatever else. I mean, I might want some things different about them, but I want them to keep innovating in those form factors. This is just a no-go because what it really takes to make money on, like Apple can make money on it, but it doesn't matter if Apple makes $3,000 a head, the developers have to make the money on it. And that money's just not going to be there. Um, Like, I I don't think people are going to want to do this. I don't believe people that say that, oh yeah, I had a virtual meeting and we all talked to each other via avatars, that somehow that's how they want to spend all of their days. You know, like, I, I just, I don't, they, they must be people. And these are rare. And let's be honest that they are, they, they must be people that genuinely like are obsessive and love their fucking jobs. But most of us really shouldn't love our jobs. Right. I mean, our jobs should be what gets us to leisure. You know, uh, I mean, it can be where if you feel like you're doing good in the world, that's great. But then go ahead, go to school to be a Marine biologist, then try and get work in that field. Oh, Suddenly you're working at McDonald's, right? Because there's no money in it. Okay. (laughs) So, and, and that's ultimately the problem. Um, and I don't really think that there's money in this outside of Apple, you know, selling new shiny pieces of shit. And again, I'm not just ripping on Apple. All companies rely on selling new shiny pieces of shit, especially Samsung, you know, and Google is, is certainly that's an increasing factor as well. Um, so I don't have a lot of hopes for this, you know, and my actually, you know, my one hope is, is that Apple fails spectacularly with this and it finally kills off the category. Because again, if, if your purpose for getting into virtual reality is to make money, like obscene amounts of money, um, you're like you, you, you failed because that's not the direction that software is going software, you know, open source is already one, 
There's not money to be made in software. Everybody knows that. That's why they've gone to subscription models. Okay. Because they know they can't make money in software anymore. Um, like there, there's, you, you fail. And that's why I was really hoping that Apple would be the ones that would develop the great apps and the use cases for this because they can make the money off of selling the device. Again, they're not going to sell them at $3,000 to the mainstream, but they're the ones that could do that. Uh, the developers, like, I don't know. I, maybe I'll, I'll, I know some, some devs who, who are in this space. Maybe I'll email them and say, Hey, you know, like what, how, how are your, uh, how are your spreadsheets looking? How are your financials looking that you're developing in metaverse? I, and, and actually I can tell you from talking with some of them, it's not good. And investors are fucking skittish as fuck about the whole idea, especially about metaverse and web three, at least a lot of them are. So I don't have a whole lot of confidence in this. Um, anyway, we can, uh, we can wrap this up with that. Uh, it's nice to finally get some details about this thing. It could still not even come to market. Apple might come to their senses. Uh, but even if it does, I just, you know, I mean, do you remember how excited we all were when Microsoft was showing off that amazing game demo with HoloLens, which was AR, by the way, that was augmented reality, and it did nothing. And then even they couldn't even land, really land the military contract for the long term to use it. Like you, you had, you had, I mean, you've got the, the brand recognition of Xbox, you've got the U.S. military, which fuck them, but you got the U.S. military. And even with that, you don't have a successful product. I don't think why Apple, I, I cannot imagine why Apple thinks that this is a good idea. If Steve Jobs were here, I, he would have killed it seven years ago. But it's not the same company anymore. So I will leave it at that. And hey, you know, if the failure happens, again, maybe they'll just double down on iPad and Mac and, you know, do, do what they're good at. And if that's, you know, and then if VR dies and Metaverse dies and all that, all the better. Like, we, we win and you know, for out of failure, we win. So I'll leave it at that, uh, more sovereign technica goodness to come, uh, including a few new surprises and I'll see all of you woo, on the other side. Science, outer space, psychology, book and movie recommendations, fiction from the sovereign universe. Travels to points of mystery and the unexplained. And even spirituality? All of that can only mean one thing. The Sovereign Technica Newsletter. By me, Ellen Sovereign. Along with some stuff by that crazy man I call my husband, Dr. Brian Sovereign. It's the latest tool in your self-directed education. The education that really matters. If you want to cut through the crap of mainstream media ass clowns, sign up for the Sovereign Technica newsletter right now at sovereign.substack.com. That's S-O-V-R-Y-N.substack.com. The Sovereign Technica newsletter. Welcome to the future.